0: It's back to school season. It's the first day of school for dozens of districts in the west side of the state. This morning, students returning to class in Seattle, Lake Washington, Bellevue, North Shore, and Federal Way, just to name a few. This week on Mindful Headlines, as kids go back into the classroom, it's not just the kids wondering how this year will turn out. So today, we talk about parental anxiety. I sit down with child and adult psychiatrist Dr. Avanti Bergquist. She's also on the Renton School Board, which started school on September 1st for most kids, and kindergarten will start next week. Dr. Bergquist is also a mom of two kids in elementary school, so she shares with us some of her own anxieties for this upcoming school year, why it's so important for adults to be mindful of their own stress since kids can pick up on that, and she'll talk about radical acceptance, a term psychologists often use to refer to situations that we cannot change and must make peace with. You don't have to listen to this podcast right at the beginning of the school season because the truth is stress and anxiety can pop up at any moment, and it is going to take us a few weeks to really understand how this school year is going to be unique. More importantly, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that the only constant is change, and Dr. Burquist will talk about staying flexible. Dr. Avanti Burquist, it's so nice to meet you, and thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you. I've heard so much about you, so I'm excited <laughs> to talk and ask you a lot of questions about how this school year might go for children and yeah. parents, since you specialize in children, adolescent, and adult. And I want to ask you a little bit about, you know, just some of the anxiety that maybe families are facing right now. I know you're a mother yourself, right? I am. I have two little
1: ones, five and seven years old.
0: And for people listening, you're also part of the Renton School Board. Yes. Okay. And um, I want to ask you a personal question just because I was doing a little bit of research Uh on you. (laughs) Okay. Did you
1: marry your high school sweetheart? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we went to school in the Renton School District and... We live there now and are married and our kids go there. I love it. So you went (laughs) to Renton
0: Public Schools, and then now you are on the school board. And your kids go there too? Yes. Okay, that's pretty neat. Um, So as the school year begins, I know a lot of families are really excited because we're going back to in-person learning. Sometimes um, there has been a little bit of back and forth. Are we actually going to be able to have the kids back in the classroom this school year? But it looks like that's going to happen, despite the Delta variant. Um, there's a little bit of certainty surrounding this school year. So um, I asked Dr. Bakshi, one of mm-hmm. your colleagues, about the uncertainty for kids and how you have that conversation with your children. But now I want to focus a little bit on the parents okay. and the anxiety maybe parents are feeling and how that transferred to their kids.
1: Can you talk a little bit about kind of the parental side of things? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most important things to do as parents is to really um try and contain our own anxiety because that is going to play off on your children. Um it's totally reasonable to be concerned and talk to your kids about that. Uh but the the over the top anxiety is not going to help them. It's it's helpful to explain what we're worried about, you know, yeah, there's still a lot of sickness around. That's what we call it at our house. Um and we want to be careful, so we're going to wear masks um, at school. They're taking care of you. So really talking about, well, these are the things that are still concerning. And these are the things that we're all doing to keep you safe. Um, the school is going to be super safe. That's why people are wearing masks. That's why your desks are three feet apart. um a lot of your teachers are vaccinated. Uh, I think focusing on the things you can control and the things that do keep people safe can be really, really helpful. Um, and that can help you as, as a parent, right? Because that reminds you why you don't necessarily need to be as anxious. Um, and then the other thing is that you've learned so much flexibility this year. <laughs> Just lean into that, right? That, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. And worrying about it isn't really helping us. Um, so think about the things that you can do to keep your kids safe. You can choose to keep your kid online. If that feels right to you, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you just kind of weigh your risks and benefits and for some people that makes a lot of sense, and that's okay. And I I always wanna tell people to be okay with things. You know, the guilt is not gonna help you either. Um, I'm trying to think what else can be helpful for anxiety is really, I think, just thinking through it and not, um, laying all of that on your kids. Well, you said something that is very interesting. You said, reiterate
0: the fact that school is a safe place and that maybe just that reiteration helps parents as well to remember the school is trying to do their best, hopefully, in keeping everyone safe, right? Um, And how important is having that kind of conversation both with yourself and with your kid, um, especially as, you know, the little ones versus middle school versus high school? Yeah, I think it
1: depends on your own kid um, and how worried they are. If you have a kid who is not worried enough, (laughs) then maybe you have more of a talk about, okay, this is why you really need to keep your mask on. That's gonna help you and that's gonna help your friends. really important. Let's try and practice that. Um, For, you know, kids who are too anxious, Maybe it's talking about the school and how, well, the school is doing these things to keep you all really, really safe. Um, for older kids who really understand it, it's really just a conversation about, okay, what are you concerned about? How can I help with that? What are things you can control? Um, a lot of talk about what what you control is helpful for anxiety. What are the things you can do to be um, helpful for yourself? I think middle school and high school kids, you can have more of a discussion about that, right? Yeah. Um, And for parents that are just feeling anxious,
0: we talked about how that transfers to kids. Do you see a difference as kids get older? I mean, I'm assuming, and this is just me making an assumption, you'll answer for me, but that younger kids are more susceptible to that just feeling of anxiety within the household.
1: Yes, I think they are. I also think older kids are. And we as adults sometimes don't realize that kids can feel that and when they're older maybe they can understand it a little better they can recognize oh mom is is pretty anxious right now I don't need to take that on Um, but not always it's it's just that as they get older they might be better able to recognize it but it's really important to be able to to maintain our equanimity (laughs) because it plays off on everybody it doesn't even just play off at your house, right? It plays off on your colleagues. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not that you have to be perfect. I never wanna say that, because that is gonna cause more anxiety. It's just being really mindful about what you're giving off and if that is necessary. Um, Maybe you need to be giving off that anxiety for your child who is not anxious enough, right? Okay. But, um, you know, I have a little seven-year-old who's a worrier, and so I'm mindful of, okay, I'm not gonna talk about those things that that she doesn't need to worry about, right? So really, you know your child best, really being mindful about how you're interacting with them and what you're throwing off.
0: Some of the uncertainty for adults for the upcoming school year has been because there's ever-changing rules, and we've seen that throughout the pandemic. One day you should be wearing a mask indoors, other days you shouldn't be. You can wear a mask here or not there, and it gets a little bit confusing, even for me as someone who's covering this in the news, right? It's a little bit hard to keep up. Some counties are different than others. How do parents best navigate through all of that, especially with yeah. um, w- the work that you've been doing with the Renton School Board and trying to kind of analyze how this year is going to right. go forth? How do parents,
1: you know, keep all of that straight? I don't think there's a way to keep it straight. Uh, <laughs> I think it is being flexible and working on um, being okay with change, which we're not all great at. It can be really scary. But I think we've gotten better about that over this last pandemic because so many things change all the time. Um, You know, we were at our school board meeting last night and they were gonna do a presentation about school opening and what the um, health requirements are gonna be. And we thought they weren't gonna change until October. So, okay, we know what's gonna happen. And then they changed that afternoon and they revamped their presentation for us. Um, So you just kind of have to roll with it, uh, whatever helps you do that. Um, I think it's going to be much more beneficial than trying to obsess about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? How do I keep track of this? I think for schools, it's, it's always going to be whatever the state is requiring, all public schools are going to be doing that. Um, the state uh, office of the superintendent, the school superintendent, tells all of us, public school districts, here's the requirements. Um, so if that's helpful for, for people to know that all the public schools are going to be doing that exact same thing. So if you follow what the superintendent is saying, that's what it's going to be. And then, um, I guess school districts could be stricter, but nothing is going to be more relaxed than what the the governor and the superintendent are saying. Okay. That's good to know.
0: The reality is some families may have, kids who are going to public school and then their friends might be in private school how do parents navigate that in those conversations maybe johnny has to do this in school and i don't have to or vice versa yeah
1: yeah (laughs) i think that's one of those things that um just like all our conversations with kids yeah some things don't make a lot of sense some things are not (laughs) fair um some places are different. Maybe everybody at their private school is vaccinated and they know that. So maybe they can have different requirements. Um, just explaining the realities I think is helpful. I am a big proponent of being as truthful as possible with your kids. Um, yes, I can't tell my five-year-old everything, but I try and tell them as much as I can um, because keeping things from them doesn't tend to work out. So yeah, man, that is unfair. (laughs) That doesn't feel great. And that's where we're at. That's what we have to do. So
0: explaining things as much as you can and being open and honest with your kids as much as you can be as we try to navigate this whole new school year. Um, As we focus a little bit more on parents, I want to ask you for some tips for parents listening on how to talk to your child's teacher and administrators because it is going to be a school year where once again parents are not necessarily allowed inside the building and before we started this podcast you and I were talking about you know there used to be open houses and you could go and see the classroom where your child was going to be sitting meet some of the other parents but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen this year right Right,
1: and we don't even necessarily get to um, see it on the zoom screen either because that was kind of an interesting thing about our kids being online was oh you could see their classroom and the other kids and see what they're doing during the day so yeah it is going to be different i think we've learned like i said a lot of flexibility over the last year and our schools have too and i know our school district learned a lot of uh better ways on how to engage with our families so hopefully your school district is going to be communicating a lot more because you can't go in, you can't do the things you normally would, and teachers are there to help your kids, so they definitely should want to hear from you. Um, and it's important to try and have a relationship with with their teacher. Um, so I think it's reasonable to be emailing and asking if there's anything you can do at home. I I think um, most schools probably will have their first year or. Fall conferences where you get to meet the teacher, mm-hmm. um, but it is—it's going to be hard. It's going to be different, and we're all just going to have to figure out how to roll with that.
0: As the school year progresses, and parents maybe um, are struggling to deal with their child's teacher in the sense of just getting to know them mm-hmm. and getting to know how they're approaching this pandemic. Do you think it's fair for parents to email their kid's teacher and, and ask what their approach is to talking about COVID-19
1: or talking about masks and the restrictions? I think that's reasonable. Um, I think whatever your questions are, your teacher wants to know about it. So I think it's totally reasonable to be, to ask your teacher that. Um, you can also be asking your principal, oh, what's what's going on at the school? You can ask your school board. You can email your school board. You can email your superintendent. All of us are there just to help our students and our families. So, absolutely.
0: As a parent, do you have any of your own personal anxieties into this school year? And
1: Yes, don't we all? For sure. <laughs> just because, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know uh, what the Delta variant is going to be like. Um, are our kids going to be getting it? Because, well, they're going to be three feet apart now. And, Last year we did great when they were six feet apart. I don't know. And I know that we're doing the best we can as a school district and as a state, and people are really, really looking out for our kids. So I'm excited for them to go back to school. They're really excited.
0: You mentioned flexibility and parents being flexible, and um, maybe parents are thinking as they're listening to this, well you're a psychiatrist, right? That's easy for you to say, but I have my own crazy life and I do get anxious or I do get worried and I like to control things. What advice would you have for them?
1: I am also like that. (laughs) And true. Being a psychiatrist has helped me learn how to be flexible. I am definitely one of those over-controlled people who I like to have things in control and planned out. Uh, And it's really, really benefited me to figure out how to be okay with things I cannot control. Um, How did you learn that? (laughs) It takes some some effort. Uh, It definitely takes some mindfulness about what it is you're actually experiencing versus just doing it. Like, just being anxious and not thinking about why and if it's helpful and do I really need to be this worried? It is incredibly helpful to just start with being mindful of, I'm really worried about this thing. Does that even make any sense? Because sometimes you're worried about this thing and then you go 12 steps over, um, to, we call it future tripping where you're (laughs) thinking about, um, you know, okay, what am I going to wear tomorrow? Well, if I wear this tomorrow, is someone going to make fun of me? Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe they are already thinking this about me and, oh, that person made fun of me. And I don't like that color on them. So maybe they think that and you know, you're going yeah, somewhere that doesn't make any sense. But if you're mindful of oh, my brain is spinning out, you can stop yourself and think, "Okay, let me get back to what I actually need to worry about and do the things I actually need to do." And that saves you so much anxiety and I wish I would have I wish I would have learned that early on in life. Um Do you meditate?
0: Are there any mindfulness
1: practices that help you stay grounded? I actually don't meditate. Okay. It's one of those things that I think if I practiced, (laughs) I could get over my anxiety about it. But I'm like a lot of people where at first when you're trying it, it causes anxiety. If you're, well, I can't get everything out of my brain. How do they do that? How do I get (laughs) these things out of my brain? Now my brain's going so fast, right? Um, so it takes a lot of practice and I have fortunately gotten to a place where I can be mindful of my thoughts and not have to, um, intentionally spend time <laughs> meditating to okay. do it. Yeah. But I think for some people it's incredibly helpful or things like yoga can be incredibly helpful because it has that kind of mindfulness attached to it. Um, but it can be anything that works for you. Some people really, you know, love bike riding and that's their time that they can really be thoughtful. Um, I think if you can just find a way to anything that keeps you grounded, that gets you back into your present mind and not future tripping is incredibly helpful.
0: Do you talk to your kids
1: about that? Yes. (laughs) I shouldn't say it like that. Yes, I do. (laughs) My daughter is quite the future tripper and, um, it's a lot of what I used to do. So I kind of, or still do. We all do that. Right. Um, so yeah, I absolutely talked to her about, okay, yeah, I can understand first validating why she's feeling something. I can absolutely understand why you're worried about, um, I don't know, is grandpa going to get sick from COVID that makes a lot of sense because we're so worried about COVID, mm-hmm. you know, um, we talk about all time. We haven't been going out. That makes a lot of sense. And think of all the things we're doing that are keeping you safe. So we do that all the time. I would be (laughs) remiss
0: if I didn't ask you about some of the work that you do with the state legislature, because um, I first heard your name in that context about some of the great work that you are doing with the state as far as mental health is concerned. And I know we've seen an increase in mental health problems or mental health crises with especially adolescents throughout the pandemic. So I was hoping you'd talk a little bit with me today about that as well and some of the things that parents particularly should be looking out for in their kids as the school year begins.
1: Yeah. So we're actually really fortunate in our state that our legislature has put a lot of intention around improving our mental health systems over the last several years definitely we have a lot of improvement to be made but we're very fortunate to be where we're at because they have put a lot of resources and thought into um, improving and continuing to improve. One thing I would say about the legislature and policymakers in general is that they work for you and I didn't really think about that until my husband actually got into politics Um, but that's what they're there for and like myself on the school board, all I want to do is help. That's why I'm in that position. So your voice matters and you should be talking to your legislator, your mayor, your city council person about the things that matter to you. Um, So if mental health matters, talk to your state legislator and say, these are the things that really matter. These are the problems I'm having in getting my kid into treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when they hear those personal stories that really increases their and not their desire so much, but um, their understanding of what's going on. And because you're their constituent and they work for you, it gives them a story to say, oh, this is what's happening in my district. This is what I need to help. Um, so definitely. You have a voice. It's really important. Yeah, let me
0: ask you about um, parents and some resources for parents as far as either statewide or within their school districts. Where can parents go to find some of those resources for their kids if their kids are are dealing with mental health issues? Right, oh,
1: and what to look out for. So for kids, any sort of change in their normal personality, the way they're behaving, that's what I'm really looking for. If suddenly your child is way more anxious and worried, or suddenly your child is isolating and not really hanging out with their friends, not coming out of their room, um, the way they're eating is changing, anything that's really starting to be different, that signals to me that there's something going on and that you wanna have a conversation with them. Um, Because say, if someone's getting depressed, they're gonna be not as interested in hanging out with their friends. Things that used to be fun are not fun anymore. Their sleep changes, their appetite changes, they're isolating more. So it's a change from their normal personality. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are the things I would look out for. And then your school, everyone has a counselor. You can always start with them or their teacher even. Hey, have you noticed anything that's different with my kid? Is there anything going on? Anything I should worry about? Anything I can help with? And then the school counselor, hey, is there anything I could be doing for my child? Any resources? Um, School districts will have resources. Our uh, American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, which is um, aacap.org, has lots of great resources on all kinds of things. You know, facts for families about different mental health issues, about going back to school, about COVID, about Uh, social injustice and racism so you can go to things like that national things like that the uh, AAP American Academy of Pediatrics has a lot of resources on that as well but really you can start out just locally with people who know your kid and ask for resources we're all there to help and, and should be able to do something for you.
0: We started this podcast talking about how parental anxiety can transfer to children. I'm sure that when parents have to deal with some really difficult issues like mental health or maybe an eating disorder, that can also trigger anxiety um, within the parent, right? Yes. So, um, do you have any advice for parents going through that aspect yeah. especially as we do begin a new school
1: year? Yes. I think we... We deal with that a lot here because we're a family-based program, um, especially with treating eating disorders, working with the family helps the eating disorder get better. And so a lot of times, because we're asking parents to change things at home, there's a lot of guilt, feeling like, oh, what did I do, I caused my child to have this. We were never given a manual on this is how you raise this exact child, right? there's, there's no knowing how your child's gonna come out and how to help that child. So being, again, flexible with, um, you know what, maybe your parenting style is not the style that matches your child's temperament. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. What maybe, um, maybe makes uh, the parenting not as great as if you're not able to change for your child uh, you're not intending to go out and and cause this to your kid if you notice that something you're doing um, you know like talking a lot about diet culture when your child has an eating disorder and you're not willing to change that then maybe that uh, is something I would point out to you because that's something that you could change and do better for your child so I think that's something to think about is um, how do we try not to blame ourselves and be willing to change? Does okay. that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of just seeing the situation for what it is and then making the changes and and trying out new options probably, yeah. right, for, for, the, for the child. Yeah,
1: getting over our own guilt.
0: When should parents perhaps seek a therapist and
1: dealing with themselves or their kids? I tell people that... It's always helpful to see a therapist um, because learning new skills, learning about yourself, learning how you think, all of that is really beneficial. And if you are really having a hard time and your normal coping skills are not working, it's great to go see a therapist. They're another person who can help you navigate through that and think about, oh, here's this thing I was missing that I have been doing. And if I can work on that, I'm going to feel a lot better. Why would that be terrible, right? Like that sounds great. Um, So therapists are not there to judge you. They're not telling you that you have something wrong with you. It's really just another person to help you think about what's going on. Because sometimes we're so stuck in our own thoughts and patterns and behaviors that it's really hard to get out of that on your own. So I think therapy is beneficial for everybody. I recommend it for everyone. Do you see a therapist? <laughs> you know what? When we were doing uh, psychiatry residencies so or psychiatry training, it was a requirement. Oh. Yeah. Because, well, you're going to be doing this for other people. Mm-hmm. What's it feel like? And then um, it was really scary, <laughs> right? And there's a lot of stigma about mental health. And I, um, my parents are from India, and, you know, we do not talk about mental health. So there's all kinds of cultural stigmas, and still going to see a therapist is great. It's so great to be able to just have someone else to talk to and navigate through those things. Has it helped your parenting? Um, I think so, because I'm just more mindful of what I do and, you know, how my parents influenced me and what was great about that and what was not so great about that so Dr. Berquist this podcast
0: was focused on parents and the parental anxiety perhaps they're experiencing going into this new school year and how that affects their children as well so do you have any tips for parents and also should they be hopeful for this next school
1: year I think we should absolutely be hopeful for this next school year I think um getting back to a little bit of our normalcy is gonna be great. Things I would tell parents um, is expect the unexpected. (laughs) That's what we've been doing this whole time. We don't know what's gonna happen. And um, remember that schools are doing all we can to be safe and to keep our kids safe and um, really communicate with the school if they're anything, anything you're worried about, anything you want to know, schools are, are wanting to help your child. So um, keep those lines of communication open. Try and contain our own anxiety because that rubs off on kids, right? Um,
0: if a parent is unhappy with how the school is handling something surrounding this pandemic, mm, be it masks mm-hmm. or vaccines or social distancing, What is the best way to approach either the administration or the child's teacher, and how do they avoid getting their child wrapped into that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of it is that for public schools, we're going to be following whatever the state superintendent says. Uh, That office is working with the state public health, and they are going to recommend to all of us public schools what we need to do. So that's one place you can go if you are wanting something different. Um, You can always go to your school board. You can always ask them. They may, um, you know, send you to whoever is in charge of that in the district, but you can always go to them. You can always talk to your teacher. If it's something within the school, always talk to the principal. If you have a question about a school, all of us are there just to to talk to you as parents and, and help you navigate. Oh, the, schools, the, um, the school district superintendent who's overseeing the whole district, any of those people.
0: They are sensitive topics these days. Is there a good setting to address those? Would it be like a private meeting perhaps? You know, maybe not as you're picking up your kid from school. How, how do parents go about that?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, we get it all over the gamut really sometimes it's just when you're in the grocery store and people ask you a question I wouldn't um, accost anybody but if you have a simple question and you see someone in the grocery store I think that's okay, okay. too. <laughs> totally okay we know we're out there in the community um, we get a lot of emails emails are fine um, and a lot easier for for parents I would think at least for me uh, yeah you can email your teacher you can email your principal email your school board email your superintendent And then those people can help you navigate to who maybe you can have the conversation with who knows more information. So I generally just start with an email. Okay. Yeah.
0: As children get older and they're formulating their own opinions and thoughts about what's happening Mm. with this pandemic, there can be a little bit of tension perhaps within the family and with parents. How do parents navigate that aspect of it and then also making sure that their own opinions or their own frustrations don't get translated into their children and how they behave in a school
1: setting? Yes. That is a great question. (laughs) I think it's like anything else you deal with with your kids um, that I wish all parents would be really thoughtful about that and really just have discussions with their kids and agree to disagree if your kid has a different opinion than you, but really just have the conversation and be as open as possible. I think that is helpful for all topics, including this. And know that, well, yes, when you go to school, you must wear a mask. That is just the way it is. And um, in one of our therapies, we call that radical acceptance, where. There are just some things you have to radically accept. We pay taxes. It just is. You know, you go to school and you wear a mask right now. It just is. Um, We radically accept that. So if you're a family who does not believe in masks, your kid does need to wear a mask at school, and that's the way it is. And you can have talks at home about why you believe in it or not, and that's totally fine. and then radically accept that you're gonna to go to school and wear it. I, I'm a big fan of the conversation.
0: But should parents be mindful as well of their kids having those kinds of conversations in
1: school that perhaps could be yes. difficult and, and put them in a, in a difficult place? I think it's really important to teach your kids how to have respectful conversations. I'm okay if my kid's having a conversation with someone else who says, well, I don't really think we should be wearing masks. As long as they're having a respectful conversation, That's great. We need to know everyone else's opinions and everyone's gonna be different. Uh, It's when it becomes aggressive. That's not okay, right? That just isn't um, appropriate to become aggressive with people or to not be okay if someone's mind doesn't change. That's not helping anybody. Um, So I think if you're teaching your kids to be respectful and have good conversations, that can only help them later in life. The last year
0: and a half have really been charged with a lot of emotions, Mm -hmm. not only surrounding the pandemic, but for a variety of different issues, Um, and parents have had to deal with that as well, and now as we start this new school year, perhaps there's hope that things feel more normal, but how do parents help their children go through this next school year and analyze really what is triggering perhaps some anxiety within kids, right? It might not be the pandemic, but maybe getting back into a classroom setting will change the way their child is dealing with some of what's happening in our world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hope parents are just having conversations with their kids at whatever levels appropriate for their age and their maturity. I hope they're just talking about what's going on with you and what's fun at school. What was your favorite thing at school? And was there anything that was really hard? What was the hardest thing about today? Just to get an idea of what's going on with them. Because maybe your, your child is being bullied. Or maybe your child has experienced something because of their race. Those are things you want to know about. And you want to be having those discussions. Uh, I think if there's anything this last year has taught me as a parent is, I need to have those discussions with my kids who are mixed race and and people may see them as their outer appearance Um, so we've been talking about that talking about gender talking about um, all the things that they may encounter that i thought oh i don't need to tell my my little people about yet well actually i do because they're going to encounter that at school so i hope everyone's having those those conversations with their kids
0: Some parents may think, my child did great in virtual learning and Mm. they're going to be fine in this next school year. We're really excited for being back in the classroom. But that may not be an indicator of how this school year is going to go for their child. Maybe they felt more comfortable on virtual learning and now maybe some things kind of come up. How do parents navigate that aspect of it? Do you think it's fair to say that a lot of parents think, great, we're back in the classroom, everything
1: should go swimmingly? But that's not always the case, right? That's so true, because it is going to be different. It's different than school was pre-pandemic. It's different than school was last year. We don't know what it's going to be like. I think really just kind of watching how your kid's doing, being involved, and and seeing how they're doing, seeing what you can do to help them navigate through that, because it is. It's going to be really different, Um, and it's not the normal, right? We're still not back to normal, so... There are all kinds of things your kids are going to be experiencing that we're not sure about yet.
0: We have all had to learn flexibility.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite.
0: <laughs> Dr. Burkquist, thanks for being a part of this podcast. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for this week's episode. Once again, that was Dr. Avanti Bergquist, a psychiatrist at Eating Recovery Center of Washington, a member of the Renton School Board, and a mom. You can find links to some of the sites Dr. Bergquist mentioned in our show notes, including state resources for mental health. I'm Jessica Janner Castro, and you've been listening to the Mindful Headlines podcast. My goal with each episode is to understand how our minds influence our current events so we can better understand our world inside and out. Make sure to subscribe for more episodes, and please share with your friends and family. See you next time.